did a fake tear-filled speech by Ava. But we got rid of Alice and Bob. I guess you could say we divorced our foster parents. And aside from all the newspapers describing us as two young geniuses and their brother, I was thrilled with how it all worked out. A nice lady from social services named Min checks on us weekly. But we're pretty much flying solo now. Matt takes college classes, and Ava and I both homeschool. We meet with our instructors online. My grades are fine, I guess, but I never feel all that smart. That's one of the downsides of living with geniuses. So anyway, we live on our own in a small Brooklyn apartment, and after getting chased out of the deli by the bread-waving German, that's where we waited for the next three days, desperately trying to come up with a plan to retrieve Ava's robot. Three separate times I attempted to sneak back into the strange building without telling my siblings. But the dumpster was locked, and the guy in the deli tried to attack me with a squeeze bottle of mustard every time I got close to his front door. Neither Ava nor Matt were all that happy with me, because they'd figured out I'd lied about our little spy operation being legal. Using a drone to peer into someone's windows is totally against the law, and one of the terms of our autonomous childhood was that we had to be on nearly perfect behavior at all times. So now there was a chance we'd lose more than a homemade robot. I was sure Min was going to show up at any moment and tell us we were going to be split up and thrown into different foster homes. I'd end up with a family of asparagus farmers in Canada. They'd be the kind of people who flush the toilet only once a day to save water. That's the way I thought it was going to work anyway. But for 72 hours, there was no knock at our door. Our phone didn't ring. And I started to wonder if we were safe. Then, a little after six o'clock on Sunday night, Matt called out from the kitchen. The room was really more of a workshop. Sure, it housed a microwave and a fridge, and my little coffee maker was tucked away in a back corner of a counter but Ava had replaced the oven with a 3D printer and taken most of the cabinet and drawer space for her spare parts and tools. The kitchen table was crammed with computers and circuit boards. My brother and sister were standing in front of her laptop. What's up? I asked. You just got an email from Henry Witherspoon. I shrugged. Who's he? a scientist, an inventor, a pretty amazing engineer, and the head of Henry Witherspoon Industries. The guy has worked on rockets, robots, electric cars, space telescopes. He helped invent the nose vacuum, too. Ava knew how to speak my language. I'd been dying to get a nose vacuum for months, but they were too expensive. Basically, instead of a tissue, you just place this device, about the size of a Sharpie cap, up your nostril, and it automatically sucked out any unwanted material. Why is he writing to me? Matt spread his arms wide. Because that was his building we tried to break into. Oh. Arms crossed, Ava stared at me. And it appears that you may have written him a note? Yes, well, is he mad? No, that's the thing. He's inviting us to dinner tonight.
then I should get dressed, I answered. An hour later, we were back in the alley, standing at the dumpster. We were already late, and that part was my fault. We didn't get invited to dinner very often, so I'd wanted a few extra minutes to figure out what to wear. Is that so crazy? My siblings had thought so, but I took my time anyway, and settled on a nice blue button-down shirt, a striped bow tie, a pair of jeans, and black samba sneakers. The bow tie was new, and it took me seven tries to get the knot just right. This entrance is under repair, a voice said from behind us. All three of us spun around. A tall, thin man was standing there. A leather bag was slung over his shoulder. His eyes were wrinkled at the corners. His graying hair and slight beard were buzzed to the same length, and he wore a t-shirt.